0: Howdy. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Duck. This is MZ Car Guys podcast. just us on all the social media at MZ Car Guys,
1: and drop us a line at MZ Car at gmail.com. Uh, and also kind of listen to us on anchorfm FM four slash MZ Car Guys. So we've got kind of an ambitious project tonight. You could say that. You could. Yeah. Well, as I was doing the prep for uh, for us tonight, uh, you know, on my computer and stuff, uh, I was realizing, oh wow,
0: <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, well, this may be a part one of two. Then, who knows? We'll have to see uh, sort of how the how the evening uh, podcast takes us.
1: Well. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I think we can. I think we can do this all in, you know, half an hour, forty five minutes, forty five minutes ish.
0: Uh, By the way, Zach has said this kind of thing before, and it, it's always longer than he says it's going to be. But that's okay. Uh,
1: anyways, um, so we're going to talk about Rolls Royce and Bentley, and. Um, and and I think we I think let's start with Bentley. What do you think? I like Bentley. I like Bentley too. There's a certain um, it, its founder W O Bentley. Um, there's a certain kind of British flair to him that kind of as as a as a you know as as a colonist um i, I kind of connect with um, hey. I, uh, so i I, I, saw, I, I well I saw a uh a shirt the other day that I almost wanted to get it had a union jack on the front of it and it had uh July fourth and it said uh happy high treason day, you colonist." <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, my wife very rightly. So <laughs> told me that I was not allowed to, uh, to, to have it. <laughs> so it anyways. Um, so yeah, so W.O. Bentley, um, I mean, he, uh, pretty normal, um, you know, pretty normal turn of the century kind of guy. Um, kind of uh, into a lot of different things as far as um, electrical stuff, engineer, um, just really born in, you know, the right time during this kind of like second industrial age, which really kind of kicked off um, a lot of different stuff. Did he make bi- uh, He did not make bicycles. Wow. I know. <laughs> Um, he was slightly more ambitious. Uh, he worked on locomotives. He worked on motorcycles.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay. That's the other one. And,
1: and then um, he was actually pretty... Um, he and, and Rolls... Oh, no, sorry. Not Rolls. Uh, Royce were um, very... No. Rolls, yeah, Rolls. Hold on.
0: Uh, Rolls was much better known of the two.
1: Yeah, yeah, Rolls. Well, Rolls was the producer. He he actually built the cars. Royce was the um he was uh the the owner of the uh, um of the dealer who <laughs> sold them. So so built it, Royce sold it, and then that kind of thing. Anyways, uh, but back to Bentley. Um, During World War I, um, Bentley was instrumental in making um, rotary engines with cast aluminum um, pistons, which allowed for higher compressions because with aluminum pistons, you can keep the temperature down so you can go to a higher compression. So therefore, it basically like almost like doubled or tripled the amount of uh, power that they were able to produce.
0: Well, and an so, aluminum piston also mean are uh, uh, be lighter weight, so you could have higher RPMs at a, at a and make it stable. I um, I don't know
1: about that. I think um, as far as as far as that goes, it's not it, it it's not the um, amount of
0: Right, because less rotating it's not, mass. It's not,
1: Yeah, it's not how fast you're going. It's it's how much, how how quickly you can accelerate.
0: Okay, that's fair. So,
1: anyways, but um,
0: that's a big advantage. But yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. So he was able to make a lot of you know these engines and stuff like that, and he was, um. Very instrumental in, um, in creating. A lot of um, a lot of early, uh, like in like in the in the twenties, like after the war and stuff like that. Because of all of his military contracts, he came out with a lot of money, and he was also able to really start producing some inline six engines and stuff like that for uh, inline six and inline eights. Um, you know, for his cars and stuff like that, because he started building cars, you know, just before the war. Um, and actually, my favorite, 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 favorite car of all time, and one that if I ever won the lottery, I would absolutely have to have a version of, um, they, it, it, they, they were called blower Bentleys. And in 1927, um, the four and a half liters, so, um, so the four and a half liter Bentleys, which I absolutely love. Every time, um, if you've ever watched, um, there's a show called Jeeves and Booster uh, with, um, oh my gosh, Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. And in it, um, Hugh Laurie's character actually drives a Bentley four and a half liter. And that's where I first kind of recognized it and went, oh, hey, wait a minute. And I think they had like like a fake blower on the front of it. Um, and so they were actually supercharged um versions of it that they would take racing and everything
0: how, and how, how, a- how, sorry. how many sorry cylinders is that
1: it's it's a hold on i will let you know hold on a second here
0: because uh, these, these monstrous four cylinder yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah they were
0: the, four cylinders god i thought you were going to say that that's a huge yeah. cylinder.
1: Yeah, so they uh, so they so they first took them to um, the uh, <laughs> Le Mans, the twenty four hours of Le
0: Mans. Like you do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, they they took their they took their um, their their six their six cylinders, which were six and a half liters, and just basically just took off two cylinders out of it. And then put mm-hmm. a supercharger on it. So. But yeah, let me see. I'm trying to find out how much power they
0: produced. That was my next question. But if I had to guess, I'd say somewhere somewhere around 200 or below.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I know at, in 1932 um, at the Brooklands, uh, it recorded a speed of 138 miles per hour.
0: Which okay. is, which is insane. what changed? Kind of a Nissan Altima four cylinder.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that you know you're talking almost almost a hundred years ago.
0: Probably yeah, yeah, about a hundred years before that. So that's fair play. It's just it's just interesting to see how the <laughs> everything changes. You know, as cars now are uh, breaking two hundred and forty. Yes. a
1: uh, hundred and thirty horsepower.
0: Okay. But
1: they don't say how much torque. The thing with those, the thing with the old cars was there wasn't a whole lot of horsepower per se. It was just all torque. I mean, because you know, RPM was our you know redline was set at four thousand RPMs.
0: Right. So the engine didn't vibrate itself apart.
1: Yeah. Basically.
0: Yeah. Well, but you know anyway, the seals weren't as good, and the, the machine tolerances weren't as good, so you had to have a lower redline. Otherwise, you couldn't have a viable engine. Yeah. So, but um, God, four and a half liter four-cylinder—that's incredible. Uh,
1: I've heard I've heard bigger, but yeah, that was that's just
0: that's absolutely <sighs> crazy. I keep the jokes myself. Um, so blow, so nineteen twenty-seven blower Bentley—that's what it was called. That was, a, uh, that was a that was a, a two seater. Is that what it was with a uh, yes. super long hood?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That real classic uh, pre war design. You know, before right. World War II, just a really long hood and just the top down and everything like that with the big, you know, open wheel fenders and stuff.
0: <sighs> Did it have the with uh, the exhaust headers look like conduit coming out of the sides of the uh, the no. engine bay?
1: No, it wasn't that. It was all it was all tucked underneath and everything underneath the bodywork and stuff. Um, you're thinking okay. of um, uh, uh, Duesenberg's. Duesenberg's. Uh, well,
0: lots of cars had that. There were Chryslers that had it. There were uh, Rolls Royces that had it. Um, yeah. And I don't want to jump in too much, but the Rolls Royce Merlin that uh did a show about not too long ago, had those same sort of silver snake-looking exhaust headers. But that's all right.
1: Yeah, it 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 looked like um, uh, I guess uh, like exhaust fan ducting.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sort yeah, of. basically. So, so, yeah. you, so you're about to tell me that uh, W Bentley made this amazing car in the 1920s, 1930s, and then his business fell apart. He's never heard from again.
1: Um, essentially, I mean, he kind of went through um, you know, of of his own, um you know, um, in in 1931 during, you know, the, the, you know, the depression uh, Bentley, you know, the Bentley became, you know, went into liquidation um, and people purchased it. Um, You know, uh, Napier and son purchased it and so forth. And then later on um, sold it to Rolls Royce. And then both of them together were later sold to, BMW, but we'll get to that in a in a second with it um, and now it's uh, it's owned by Volkswagen, which is kind of interesting because when you kind of look at it in 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 the during World War one, Bentley was producing airplane engines to fight the Germans, and now they're owned by the Germans <laughs> It's a really good point. That's a very Oh, Rolls Royce too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And of course Rolls Royce aircraft division still makes some very good engines. Yeah. Um, so is it jumping ahead too much to uh to talk about the W twelve for a minute? Alright, we seem to have lost Zach.
1: Yeah, so, you know, so Rolls-Royce made um, engines also and so forth for the war effort. Um, but kind of interesting that they would also later be
0: kind of sold off to the Germans. So <laughs> a little... and, and Rolls-Royce still makes them aircraft engines.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, Thank you. So, anyways, so yeah, I guess we can kind of flip over to Rolls Royce here real quick. Well,
0: so well, hold on. Okay, sorry. A couple of couple of important things here about Bentley because we are kind of we're skipping past things like the Turbo R and the Arnage and the Mulsanne and the Continental, but, but well, the, go the, for it, sir. <laughs> but, but 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 the gist of it is, regardless of who owned Bentley, is that Bentley maintained unlike any other company outside of Rolls-Royce and some company I've never heard of, I'm sure they've, they maintained that focus on luxury, right? I mean, everything just kept getting better and better and better and more luxurious and technology was only there to further the luxurious experience, but they also managed to make the cars still sporty and interesting and lively and, and they race and they've been racing for a long time. And that's, that's really cool. Um, and it's almost like Rolls Royce versus Bentley. It's almost like someone took Mercedes BMW to its logical extreme, right? Because you have Bentley, which is luxury with a sporty bent, and you have Rolls Royce, which is which is luxury taken as far as it can go. Yeah, right. A BMW. Is a sports car that's also luxurious, at least in most cases. And Mercedes is known for being luxurious, full stop. Like, like what's what's the most famous version of the Mercedes? Right, it's the S class. Everyone talks about one and S class. That's the aspirational vehicle. What yeah. BMW historically, at least for the last, let's call it thirty years, first for it to put a number out there, has people talked about is the three series.
1: And, well, I'd, the say, I'd say the three series or the M five. Well, okay, but both well, of even those even... Are, but both of those are just, you know, almost straight up for sports cars, right,
0: right. So, you know, that's that's sort of sort of proves the point. Um, and then you take that and apply that to more of a, shall we say, boat-sized vehicle, um, like with, uh, I mean, the uh, the Bentley Mulsanne. I think today is is their their most luxurious, their sort of top of the top of the line model. But people yeah. talk about the Continental because it's the two door Grand Turismo. Sorry, old job, Grand Tour yeah. car, right? That's it's it's not the most luxurious thing they make, but it's the most engaging. It's the most interesting thing that they make. But but with Rolls Royce, it's you're either talking about the um, uh, drophead if you want to go. Open top, or you're talking about the um, is it is it phantom? I'm sorry, my Rolls Royce experience is not the best, but they're 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 top of the line model, the one you can get the custom uh ceiling in that I won't talk about yet. Um, but whatever that is, I think it's the phantom,
1: but 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 I think you bring up a good point, Matt, with you know, with with the you know, you have. Um, you have Bentley with the Mulliner package, um, which has always been classically oh, the yeah. like luxury ever so personified, and so forth. Um, oh, like you could fun. get the Bentley Continental GTC with the Mulliner Road package, and it was in itself a sixty thousand dollar package on top of an already over hundred thousand dollar car.
0: Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know you're. In the, you're in 40 million range at that point
1: yeah really i mean you're basically two honda accords away just throwing two honda accords in a luxury package i mean and that's basically it right. so but right. the but they always did have you know these you know really kind of sporty cars yeah and the arnage r was and still is just an insane car I mean it it would you would never do it at Rolls Royce you just
0: wouldn't well the 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 Arnage is really interesting so I, and I don't know what year this particular one was, but the but the anecdote is is relevant. I was listening to a fairly recent smoking tire podcast today, and the guy was talking about um the guest on the show was talking about the Arnage and and how Matt the host had been considering getting one for his business, right? As a um sort of a limo car. And the guy said, Don't do it. I don't know anyone in the entire city of Los Angeles who knows how to work on them. In LA. Hmm. I been- interesting <laughs> it's that esoteric. It's that sort of like like out there. You know? Well, because um, you've got
1: one guy you got one guy and he was on uh Jay Leno's Garage that I saw that his whole shop, I mean, he almost exclusively works with Lamborghini V twelves.
0: Wow. That's
1: amazing. And I can guarantee you during the nineties when the Arnage R, you know, you know, the, the 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 Turbo Bentley was out, I mean, if you were in the porn industry, I think it like came with a job. <laughs> if you're, if
0: you're our
1: director, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but anyways, but uh, yeah. So,
0: well, yeah. Matt 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 Ferris, uh Lamborghini Countach literally came from the factory with a cocaine mirror in the glove in the glove box. Yeah, <laughs> leather leather wrapped. Supposedly, it's a or like for makeup and stuff, but it's clearly mm-hmm. for starting. Um, yeah. Anyway, so get back to the point. So. But um, I want to talk about a bit about the W12 engine.
1: Okay. What, the, what the, mod- the modified VR VR6?
0: Is it? It is. Okay, so so talk a bit more about that. Um, and like, wh- how can you describe? Because most people, including me, have never seen one in person. So can you okay. describe more about sort of how the cylinder looks. The w how what that looks like how that works yeah
1: so when you have a i mean so so it's easy to picture an inline 4 inline 6 inline 8 also known straight 8 straight 6 or whatever um you it's just everything is straight up and down or cocked over at an angle if you're a bmw um and but all the pistons are in an exact line then you have of course the v8 which is um, two banks of, say, uh, if it's a V12, um, since we're talking about the W12, if it's a V12 or a V6, there's two lines of either three or four cylinders, but they connect at the bottom of the V to the, um, to the crankshaft. So when, when Volkswagen wanted to in the in the early 90s when they wanted to put a v6 in their front wheel drive cars they were having a really hard time because the 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 v6s were very large and to create a car for um you know for use over in europe at the time you couldn't make a big car americans could put v6s in a front wheel drive car because it's just hood space. That's all it is to us. We don't care. Right. And so, and so what they did was, is they developed the VR six. I don't know what VR stands for. I'm sure I should look that up or whatever, but what it does is is instead of having three cylinders in a line, you have the cylinders are ever so much just kind of, um, instead of, so if you, ta- if you take two circles and put them put uh, back to front, you know, just in a line, you'll see that, that there's a lot of wasted space to the left and to the right of those circles in between them. But if you take one circle and kind of move it over ever so slightly and kind of move it up a little bit, you can actually, just by making it slightly off center of each other, you can kind of shrink the overall length of the engine um, by an appreciable amount, but what that I does is, is that essentially creates you, you have you have a set of you, you have you have a set of connecting rods from the pistons coming down at one line, and then if you go up ever so slightly, it creates another line. And so instead of being a a V,
0: you've now created a W. Why? I think I, th- I think I see what you're talking about. So they kind of they're offset a little bit. So kind of like if you look at it from the from the side, you'd have like on a on a six cylinder, you'd have like three circles, right, straight in a row, and then with the where the gap is in between the first two circles, you have one circle there, so it's offset a little bit.
1: Yeah. So instead of, so instead of having a line straight across, if, if so, so if you're looking at, if you're looking yeah, at, yeah. The, at the, at the, cylinders straight on, if you're looking at the, at the um, say, uh, take the, uh, take the W12 for instance. So, okay. so you have, so you have six, you have, you have six holes, you have, you have six uh, bores all the way across. So you have six cylinders all the way across. So in a regular V12, those would all be in exactly one straight line. Right. But in the V in, in the in the W twelve, you have one hole, because if you're if you're looking straight down at the head, you have one hole that's kind of down a little bit, and then the next hole over then the, the next hole over is slightly above that. And so it's kind of makes like almost like a zigzag pattern if you kind of draw it. So it's kind of like a zigzag pattern all the way down. So one fold, it's another hold, another hold, another hold, another hold. So it kind of bounces up and down like a zigzag pattern.
0: So so in a transverse engine, what you're doing is you're reducing the amount of width it takes up in the engine bay?
1: Yes, exactly. So yeah, so so it would take up, so you'd be able to, to have because the problem is, is that if you, if you, if you leave it in a regular like like V six pattern, just inline, you know, two inline three cylinders, there's less room for the front suspension. So you can't do anything really trick with the front suspension, which Volkswagen really wanted to do. They really wanted to make good handling car, so they needed, you know, some room to make some trick suspension stuff, and. Because of the fact that they had this kind of, you know, three cylinders long, they were able to kind of shrink that overall length, you know, which would be the width, you know, in the transverse the engine bay, it would be the, the width of that engine bay. They were able to tighten that up a little bit on the engine side of it, and therefore make ro- more room for the, the suspension components and stuff like that to kind of do some, some,
0: some really cool stuff with that multi-linked stuff. Yeah, okay, okay. So like like putting that double wishbone for example.
1: Yeah, and so they were able to kind of translate that into uh the W12 for uh the uh, well sorry, the W8 for um the uh for the for the uh for the Phaeton um which is a beautiful car. Um and then uh the 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 W12 for Bentley and then ultimately the W16 for the Veyron. And Interesting.
0: Yeah. And Debo and whatever else is coming next?
1: Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, you want to just go crazy with it, whatever. But yeah, but the um, I actually I drove a, a Continental GTC with a W12, the, the twin turbo W12, and it was it was amazing. It was really
0: nice. And does it balance pretty well because it's essentially two mm-hmm. offset inline sixes?
1: it 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 is um i mean because i mean a, a v12 in its on its own um which is and we'll get we'll get into this with with uh with rolls royce uh but a v12 on its own just self balances itself yeah um and so there's they don't <clears throat> they don't mess with that too much in the w12 um enough to 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 make it unbalanced it's still it's still a naturally balanced uh engine for the most part
0: okay interesting very cool yeah it's it's it's, so quick funny story so uh i find it funny anyway is a couple years ago bentley announced that they're going to get back into racing and it's gonna i want to say it was like wec world endurance championship something something like maybe it was imsa something like that right something where the cars are fairly close to stock you have limited amount of changes you can make factory stock car that you sell to the general public. And uh and it's one of those series that has a balance of power in it, right? So every team's supposed to be given extra weight if the car is too light or that, you know, things to make the make it really um balance the who's gonna win that week, right? Yeah, yeah. So it comes down to the driver for the most part. So they put their their Bentley Continental GT, they made an R version, right? And they put that on the track and they put all this carbon fiber in it and took out all this weight. They said they took out like I want to say like four hundred pounds or something out of the car. I'm surprised to make it... that one. <laughs> <laughs> it it really easy to take
1: out. I mean, I I when I was when I was driving the the, the GTC. Uh, first off, it was the first time I'd ever seen like brushed and polished aluminum, and in its actual form inside of a car, <laughs> and kind of. Wow. So that's what that's supposed to look like. And anytime right. that
0: As I got, anything,
1: Yeah, stuff that's fake and everything like that. So yeah, so I I I could assume that just taking out just trim itself, you could probably get four hundred pounds.
0: She <laughs> so said that it was some of it was, you know, uh carbon fiber body panels instead of uh steel or whatever they had before and some yeah. of the noise cancellation and you know, all this kind of stuff. But the car still weighed over four thousand pounds after they were done.
1: <laughs> and yet, it drove. I, from what I understand, it was still a pretty decent racing car.
0: Yeah, yeah. The biggest problem they had was um, uh, brakes and tires because it was still so heavy that they were, you know, wearing through the consumables really fast. Yeah. But uh, but it was very competitive when it was on track. Uh, but I just I just love that you would you know because you would never go to a race and see Rolls Royce anything unless it was be driven by like the team owner or something, right? Never yeah. on the track. Um, yeah. You know, I just I just love that. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, the car is really heavy. We're gonna go for it anyway. We like we like this kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. I love that kind of stuff. So you know, you, we can argue all you want about how they should or shouldn't have made the Bentayga, which is really just an Audi A7 that's been made super fancy, and you know whether the 130000 thirty thousand dollar link clock that's available is even worthwhile at all. Oh, but, I would think it would be. <laughs> each one takes like a week to make or something
1: so if and if you go back in our podcast, you know thing you know the you have the the rise of the SUVs um or not the rise of the SUVs uh yeah, basically yeah. just you know the world of SUVs or whatever um that's where the world is going it's you're able to make now SUVs that are as roomy as comfortable to drive and as fuel efficient as sedans and since you're able to do that you're just make one people uh, and i I remember this at uh during when i was selling mini coopers for three months uh, i went to a training and if you if you build a if, if you build a vehicle that looks um masculine both men and women will buy that, but if you build a vehicle that looks feminine, um, realistically, only women will tend to purchase it for the most part, yeah. yeah. But most women won't, most women won't drive something that looks feminine, um, which kind of interesting. I mean, as a guy, I can't really kind of understand that, but, um, but but if you make something look masculine um, you know, a lot of people will purchase it. Well, we are seeing the proof of that nowadays. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with very few exceptions, SUVs are masculine in, in, just in their ideas for shape and stuff like that. So oh, building, you know, so, so, so uh, with Maserati building Levante, with Bentley building the Bentega um with the new uh Rolls-Royce Cullinan uh oh, which man. is amazingly beautiful and stuff you know you can still do the stuff like the headliner um you know and still have it be extremely luxurious but the reality is is you're doing luxurious in just a larger vehicle.
0: It's still a Bentley. Which is which is a nice segue into the into the Rolls-Royce world, I think. I mean in yeah, so, so whereas Bentley
1: was where Bentley was racing and engineering, Rolls-Royce um is Just luxury. Um, I mean, and luxury uh, beyond luxury. And so, you know, started by uh, Charles Rolls uh, and Henry Royce. Uh, Charles Rolls was uh, the, he was an engineer, he was a manufacturer, uh, so forth and so on. Um, Hold on, I just have to get this curiosity out of my... Uh, out of my thing. It does not mention anything about him and making... Oops. Never mind. He was a keen cyclist and spent time at Cambridge bicycle racing. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, I thought we were going to be able to go an entire one without talking
0: about bicycles. Well, we tried. It was it was inevitable that bicycles were going to come up eventually. Is, is
1: isn't it funny though how <laughs> how, uh, how how they just kind of they're so integral into the world of automotive
0: <laughs> I never knew it, until we started doing this well it, it, it is and I'm I'm not going to drop the whole bomb on you guys at this point but the but the short version of it is when I was a kid growing up I didn't give a single crap about cars I was so into my bike And my next bike, and the next bike, I was so into it. And then all of a sudden, at some point, bikes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I just, and then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, cars. Oh, I do like this car thing. Let's learn more about that. Yeah. But it was it was a long time before I, much later than most people, before I went. This car thing has something to it. Let's 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 dig much much deeper into this one yeah i mean you know jack uh, baruth one of the greatest automotive journalists of the 21st century um was a professional bmx racer for a while and uh and, and still loves bikes and his has his son on him all the time so anyway so what's so what's what's up with rolls royce uh let me guess they uh they made bike they made, made cars for a few years and then they went into the bankruptcy and nobody's heard from them since
1: uh not not
0: too fast
1: um I'm being glib. Yeah, I know. With with Royce um so it was hold on. Um so Royce was the 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 seller and Rolls was the engineer and everything. Um and Charles Rolls unfortunately uh, he has another distinction um, as the first person to the first Briton uh, to be killed in a plane accident with a powered vehicle. Um, he had purchased his own Wright Flyer, and the wing broke, or the the the, the one, one of the tail wings broke, in a
0: crash. the Wright brothers' Wright Flyer. Yes
1: yes um so royce was now he you know and now he he did have some engineering background as most guys at the turn of the century did especially in great britain um but um but he had to now become everything so he he partnered with rolls Um, he was going to, um, you know, now develop everything all together, um, almost kind of in a, in a support for, um, you know, for roles and was able to kind of keep it going and stuff like that. Uh, they did do some, uh they did do some early racing stuff um, mostly endurance racing because you mean this is, I mean, we're talking like, you know, 1906, 1910. Um, You know, they started off with a 10 horsepower and then a 15 horsepower. Now, mind you, I, and and, and I love, and I'm reading all this on, on Wikipedia by the way. Um, So, and, and this is in 2014 dollars a a 10-horsepower, two-cylinder Rolls-Royce and sold for $395, which was $40,000 in, in 2014. Oh,
0: my God. They, how, do you, how do you make a two-cylinder and not have the engine fall apart?
1: Oh, they did it a lot, actually, back then because they were big cylinders. I mean, they were... Um, it doesn't say what size it was, but i'm pretty sure it was fairly big displacement uh, and then you had a thirty horsepower six cylinder um, that was sold for a h- eight hundred and ninety pounds i apologize not three hundred ninety five dollars three hundred ninety five pounds pounds sterling um, so eight hundred and ninety pounds sterling, which is equivalent to ninety thousand dollars in in two thousand and fourteen dollars. So, you know, Rolls Royces were,
0: they've always been expensive. (laughs) So not exactly the car of the masses.
1: No, as, as most cars, you know, at the turn of the century weren't, I mean, it wasn't until, you know, Henry Ford with the 1906, um, you know, Model T that, that really, and then not even really until like into the teens, you know, with, with with the model T did it really kind of push everything forward and stuff like that. Um I do though, I, I want to quickly talk about um the uh the hood ornament for Rolls Royce, which is known as the spirit of ecstasy. Um and and you know basically the 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 lady who you know with with who on the on the hood with the swept back wing you know with the you know kind of flying through uh you know just kind of flying through the air and stuff like that um but it it was interesting um because she was how old was she?
0: Oh, that's, uh, it's, it's creepy, isn't it? It's like fourteen or something. Um, when when she was when the sculptor was working with her,
1: an artist model.
0: Uh, While you're looking uh, at it, by the way, it's cool that you yeah, it's now ahead. motorized. You can push a button and she she pops up and goes away again.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, she was 22, so nothing creepy. Okay.
0: Okay, I'm i thinking something else. I apologize.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, she uh, she posed uh, for Charles Sykes, uh, and was the uh, model for his uh, Spirit of Ecstasy. Um, uh, unfortunately, she drowned in 1915 uh, when the SS uh, Persia, on which she was traveling with uh, her lover uh, through the Mediterranean on the way to India, was torpedoed without warning by a German U-boat. Oh, gosh. Okay, so back to, Yeah, basically – but i mean but she lives on i mean you know it's yes, i i think you does. know she and iconic. the um, i'm sorry
0: it's she's iconic it's it's a, like you see that rolls royce yeah
1: exactly i th- i think the 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 two the the uh the, the two models that are most well known but not for who they are actually like as far as like their names and whatever, I would say is probably her with the spirit of ecstasy, uh, and um, uh, the the lady uh, who posed for uh, Columbia Pictures, where she's kind of holding the. Oh the, yeah, yeah, you know she only made like that the 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 the, the girl who did the Columbia Pictures. Uh, she only made like four hundred dollars for that. And uh, been, and and. And, and and I saw well, I and I saw and it was during the nineteen fifties when she did that. Um and it's been estimated that she's had I can't remember what it was, but they somebody actually went through and and like added all of the, the actual screen time of uh, that she's had and it's more oh, than gosh. like you know, it, it was it was a crazy number. I mean it was absolutely insane. And the fact that oh. she only made four Dollars, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, um. So yeah. So and so I I I think it's kind of cool that she was able to live on as um, as really just this ultimate symbol of luxury. I mean, the fact that you would, in order to protect it, you you would you know it it would have like an actual mechanism that would go in because it's available in solid silver i believe it's available in solid gold i know it's available in a swarovski crystal version that actually swarovski. lights up swarovski and and lights up
0: right i love that one that's my favorite
1: um i don't know i'm kind of partial to the original silver
0: just a but nice. I, I can see that, but I like the fact that it's like it's underlit. It's lit from below. It's not like it's yeah. some sort of shining beacon. You mean gaudy,
1: like uh, the uh, the Tristar is for some of the newer Mercedes?
0: Yes, like that. But, oh. Oh. the kind of thing that screams new money.
1: Oh my oh. gosh. That was like quite possibly the absolute most Caucasian thing you have ever <laughs> said in your life.
0: Well, the, 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 the. I'm uh...
1: surprised you didn't hum as you were saying that. Mm, new money.
0: Mm. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, I'm sure hey. I'm going to top of that at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Like, you know when, I, it's I like rowing,
1: when I was on the rowing team. <laughs> which you were. You were on the rowing team for uh, I Cal, right?
0: Three three different rowing teams. Yeah. Um, uh, finally, finally with, with Cal at the end. Yeah. Uh, two yeah. college and one high school. Yes. And you don't say rowing team, it's called crew. That's how you know you really have. Yeah. I was the on. I was on. You went, the fact that you,
1: the fact that you would find it necessary to actually correct me
0: on that, oh, gosh. and you never say the crew team—that's just incredibly gauche and very wrong. Anyway, okay. uh, I, I would just refer to it as y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you were born below the Manson-Nixon line. Um, Mason-Dixon line. Thank you very much, sir. I know. It's a. It's a. It's a. Um, it's a uh, Robin Williams reference. But um, uh, so back, so Rolls Royce, right? Terrible company, don't make any good cars. So let's talk about something that I find, speaking of details, since we're talking about uh, uh, spirit of ecstasy, one of the details I really enjoy, and only Rolls can get away with this, is the Rolls Royces of today at least don't have a tachometer or anything as provincial as an engine speed indicator. What they have is a power reserve meter and when you turn the car on the power reserve meter is at full and the and the and the needle is essentially straight up in the air and the more you press the accelerator the more the needle drops to indicate the power reserve is also dropping yeah and they what don't I, what, force power figures power is go ahead zach
1: sufficient adequate I'm sorry. Adequate.
0: Apologize. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Adequate. Yes. It was. uh
0: <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> uh, only Rolls can get away with that. Maybe Bentley, but mostly Rolls. What's your horsepower? Adequate. Adequate. What's yeah. the red line? Doesn't matter. Here's your power reserve meter.
1: <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, I mean it's. It was, I mean, I mean, you had like the original Silver Ghost, um, Silver Race, stuff like that of just the early, just, I mean, and, and, and when you see a a, a Rolls Royce in person, like like an old Rolls Royce, um, they are it's just the sight of them. You can just see the craftsmanship that went into absolutely everything I mean from there so they they have a famous uh what, what's what what they call a i don't know what exactly what they call it is, but it's kind of they may actually call this but like the 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 tombstone grill, so the big you know kind of thick grill shape in the front oh, yeah. of all of all world voices um and that's actually. A pretty trick bit of engineering. So, cars in the early, at the turn of the century, one of the biggest problems that they had was, especially when you got to like the bigger displacement engines and bigger cylinders and stuff, or the the biggest, or the the larger number of cylinders and stuff, is heat and getting rid of the heat, uh, because they didn't have um, all their cooling systems were atmospheric, which means. If you kind of kind of like with a pressure cooker, when you apply pressure, you increase the uh, the boiling temperature liquid. So if you have a pressurized cooling system, you can actually increase the 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 temperature um, the operating temperature of the engine. And if you kind of keep the operating temperature of the engine um, you know, above the, above what would normally be the boiling point. Um, Engines kind of, it keeps uh, uh, fluids kind of moving, oil kind of a bit more and stuff like that. Um, So the engine's able to actually operate a little bit better, but they didn't have that technology or that knowledge back at the turn of the century. So, what you had was is that all cooling systems were at just regular atmospheric temperature, which is one reason why you didn't really want to drive up into the mountains with it because the higher in elevation you go, the, the lower the boiling point of water is. Um, so if you kind of start to drive up into the mountains and stuff like that, you'd boil off all the water and stuff. So um, a lot of different places, um where where you have like older roads and stuff you may actually notice off to the side of the road there's actually one close to where i live um where before you go up and over a hill there's actually a little pull-off spot that has a water spigot make sure that you were topped off on water before you drove and put your uh vehicle you know in that much uh you know, and, and under that much load, you yeah. know, to go up and over so it wouldn't boil over.
0: Oh, like at Radiator Springs.
1: There you go. Exactly. Absolutely. Radiator Springs. Um, but with Rolls Royce, that big tombstone shaped uh, grill in the front of it had a really kind of trick solution with kind of maintaining um, uh, engine operating temperature. So that's not just for show the 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 little uh the little grill slits in it actually move back and forth to either open up airflow or close off airflow and so there was a uh, a little thermostat uh thing that was kind of put in the water uh, for uh, the radiator and as the radiator would heat up to a certain temperature once it got above a certain temperature the vents would the the the, the, the The little slits would open up to allow airflow across the radiator, drop the temperature down because they also didn't have thermostats, by the way, in the engine. So it would it would drop the temperature um, in the uh, in, in the radiators to cool the water down. And then as soon as the water got down to a certain level, those would close back up. To allow less airflow to kind of increase the temperature. So it was able to maintain it was like its own little thermostat uh, for the water, um, just to kind of, you know, it's
0: really, really cool. But um, wow. so it's an early version of grill shutters, which is a really common thing in cars.
1: <laughs> yeah, only it was completely mechanical. It's absolutely wow. mechanical and 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 all automatic. And they worked brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
0: So, yeah, because t- today it's used for aerodynamics to help improve gas mileage by having the grill shutters close at freeway speeds and open at low speed when you need extra cooling. That's yeah, really cool.
1: Uh, Honda has that on their uh, CRV, on their, their yep. when, they, when they introduced the CRV in 2017, uh, they had already have uh,
0: it on most of their cars. Uh, the Prius has it.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah I, w- I would think for the Prius, anything with the aerodynamics they just, you know, do. Yeah. And stuff. Anyways. That's pretty cool. But, uh, but, I, but, I, but I think what we have to also talk about with Rolls Royce is a Merlin V12 for World War II. And just that absolutely amazing engine. Um, and and that that oh man that V twelve, it is, it's insanely powerful. It's very well balanced. Um, they put it in the uh, the Spitfires for the for the uh, for the British RAF. Uh, it was contract to build them over here in the United States. Um, and they built them uh for uh the p uh the uh, the the mustangs
0: oh the mustang the uh, airplane not mustang the uh...
1: yes yeah the airplane and I'm um, i want i know it's not p38 cuz the p38 was a lightning um p
0: P30- 31 with...
1: yeah yeah p31 mustangs which were really awesome planes, also on
0: their own stuff. But so yeah, some all guy, have... Tom Cruise has one. I'm not sure who he is, but he apparently is important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cruise something or other. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, um, but they, uh, the engine, I mean, it's basically, it. it's essentially in the sky, the engine that defended Great Britain I mean between between the v12 and the spitfires and, and other airplanes that the RF that the RAF was using and um, the fact that they were able to utilize radar is the only way that Britain survived the um, the the aerial onslaught that that Germany threw at it and it was and it was that engine that v12 engine which was more powerful, uh, was able to rev faster, was better balanced, um, and so allowed for um, superior maneuverability to the Luftwaffe. Um, that Great Britain was able to survive. And was that was that
0: supercharged to help deal with the uh, with the low air pressure?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 They were. Yeah. They were supercharged. Makes um, a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but Very cool. Then as, you know, time goes on, both Rolls Royce and Bentley, uh, you go into the 50s and the 60s and then the 70s, um, and you still have some cars and stuff like that, and they were still really good cars for the most part. I mean, they were, you really can't kind of work on them. They went through. uh, Let's see. They were. They were the. They. Hold on, I'm trying to remember. uh, Get this here. So they were Rolls Royce Limited. Um, and then and that changed in '87, and then it became Rolls Royce Motors. Um, and then they. That's when they were purchased by. Volkswagen um, and then sold to BMW and now the Rolls Royce motor cars. So I, I think we can talk about them nowadays.
0: What do you think? Oh, I, well, I I think so. The one one thing I did wanna just interject for a second is uh if you are uh there's this r- uh, pretty good video I found. Uh, this YouTuber uh, talks about uh, driving a uh, Rolls-Royce Merlin V12. Uh, some guy, his name is uh, Jay Leno, L-E-N-O, and it's, pretty, Leno. it's a pretty good video. So I really enjoyed it. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, a, no. well, he,
0: he, he, he worked on that kind of car long. for ever and ever and ever. Yeah, and he bought <laughs> it 30, 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, but he's been... Kind of modifying it and changing it and putting good brakes on it and stuff like that.
0: Well, that's important, especially when your car weighs fifty thousand pounds.
1: But I, one thing I do have to kind of give it to BMW for um, is that, unlike with their own stuff, oddly enough, um, dealing with the their their handling of of Rolls Royce. And putting the products out there and so forth, Um, they could easily have just simply rebadged and slightly reskinned their current production vehicles and just passed them off as Rolls Royces. They they, they could easily.
0: It would have cheapened the brand so much, though. They would have just lost all respect.
1: it, It would have, and 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 they would have, but the fact that even though yes they are um, what am i trying to say e- e- even though they even though they are built on similar chassis there's more there, there's a lot of big effort into building specifically a Rolls-Royce product i mean they're built in um, you know, for the most part, they're they're built in the UK. Um, I mean, it's just they're beautiful cars. They've been able to really hold on to um, the style of it. Um, I I personally have said that if it say if I ever won the lottery, what would be my daily driver? Uh, my daily driver would be a Honda Accord Touring, but A second car that I would have as kind of my drive around and go for long road trips in would be a Rolls-Royce Dawn, A a two-door, drop-top, beautiful car. Absolutely gorgeous.
0: Which which one is the, do you know which one is the entry-level Rolls-Royce currently?
1: Um, I think the
0: ghost, the ghost the because I know there's, there, there's there's been some a little bit of blowback from well journalists mostly who aren't gonna buy it anyway that the entry level rolls royce is a modified 7 series chassis um and some of the drivetrain as well but um, but you know if it's if it's rolls royce enough for you that's all that matters man not what anybody else says about the car but okay so let's let's talk about the ceiling because that ceiling is one of the most clever things I've ever heard of any car company doing ever. yeah uh, The starlight ceiling is amazing, and it didn't start out as being customizable at first it was just I, a ceiling. I, I
1: think you were talking about the uh, the ghost, and the fact that they've been able okay. to maintain using um suicide opening doors on like all of their <laughs>
0: cars is just amazing. And you gotta love the umbrella,
1: and the umbrella in the freaking door, amazing.
0: Yeah, doesn't get more much more British than that. Oh, and the umbrella door has a heater in it, so that your umbrella is dry the next time you go to use it. Yes. But anyway, um, the ceiling. Let's talk about the ceiling for a second, oh, yeah. because the starry night ceiling started out as being just pretty simple it was essentially a random selection of fiber optic lights that would turn on over the ceiling to make it look like a starry night and then they started getting some unusual requests from their clients yeah and i think you
1: can get um you can either get the uh the night of the 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 position of the stars the night you were born i believe
0: you can get you can get the night sky from almost any point in history from almost any location on earth yeah so if you decide that you want the night sky that captain cook got when he looked up the night that he night before he landed in Australia, you can get that. If you want the night sky over your house or your hospital where you were born, you could have that too. You pick whatever works best for you. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm, trying, to, oh, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm trying to find the, uh,
0: Because the astronomical data is out there, like it's not that hard to find.
1: Yeah, beauty and comfort combined beneath the celestial canopy of the Phantom's iconic starlight headliner.
0: And I think it's Cullinan also now too, not just the Phantom, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which makes sense.
1: Oh man, I'm looking at a picture of it. Holy crap! Backseat of this (laughs) thing. Of course, oh, so phantom. Because of course, why wouldn't? That's the one to have, right? Oh, they even have a double. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, a uh, um, uh, uh, double bulkhead, not double bulkhead. Try again. Um. Anyways so where you can completely separate yourself from uh the front seat.
0: Oh yeah yeah, like a, like a limo barrier kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. So that's cool. It's like a firewall but it's just a it's a privacy screen. Yeah. That's cool. And I oh, I think it's um it's sound insulated too, right? It like totally shuts out all the noise. It's um like a complete seal, acoustic seal basically to the front seat. Yeah that's great yeah I mean it's just so nice I just I just can't imagine you know it's like to get to that point in life and decide yeah you know this is this is the right tool for me this makes the most sense for me in my lifestyle is having the Rolls Royce Phantom and you know what I'm going to customize it a bit so let's do let's do a couple of these things and uh, Hey, you know, it's it's exclusive for a reason. It is absolutely exclusive for a reason. I mean, and
1: and I just I, I I really appreciate the fact that it's it's not watered down. You know, I mean, even I mean, even the Ghost, which I think is is you know what what most people think of as just like a rebadged Seven Series, um. I mean, it's still it's still different enough and it's still a Rolls Royce enough to be Rolls Royce. Um, yep. I, I, you know, it looks like it's also available with the, uh, with the starlight headliner. Um, so, and I mean, let's be honest, if you're using the seven series as your basis, I mean, are you really that bad off? <laughs> yeah, you could do a lot worse. No, and I'm looking at the interior of this thing and nothing of the interior says, "Hey, I'm a BMW." Nothing.
0: That's that's the important part right there, for sure. Um, I was I was hearing a guy talking today about how the fact that when he's uh, he's a real car enthusiast and he said, "You know, when he when he, he said when he's feeling down, what he does is he goes to uh, one of these high-end car sites. He'll just pick one, Porsche, Rolls Royce, whatever, and um, and build the build the car, just the car that he would love to have. And he says, half an hour later, I feel much better. Yeah, I did that with a dawn. You, you could spend hours doing that with the Rolls. I mean, just the, the color options are so many, and the trim options, and the you know, and the accents, and all this stuff, and the paint, and yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. I do though. I
1: I have to. I have to. And 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 I, and I guess we could end. One of one of the biggest things that I think is really significant, and kind of explains Rolls Royce in 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 a, in a perfect way, is the fact that they went through so much trouble engineering the center caps for the wheels oh yeah
0: the floating center cap floating
1: center caps for the wheels so that they always point straight up so when you come to a full and complete stop they are all right side up
0: and right the rolls-royce logo is Clear and correct. Yeah, and oriented.
1: And they're fluid filled. They're. It's not like yeah. ball bearing. It's. It's not as something as, as as, uh, as. Just, generic as like ball bearings. Oh no, it's completely fluid filled, so that they, are right side up. And stay that way. Um, you know, and. And I think that that is and, and the fact that BMW has been able to maintain that, um, you know, that that level
0: of 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 quality and of panache of. Well, it's, it's, it's funny, you think of that because it's such a detail, it's like what they did is they took the Honda thing where the Honda has that edict about how the bottom of the H in the center cap logo must point towards the valve stem of the wheel. And they've taken that to its logical extreme.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but they've, they've been able to say, look, this is pure luxury. And, in and, and in a pure luxury, you would never, never have your, your, your logos upside down or off. center. Oh gosh, no. I mean, to you know, perish the thought. And so because BMW was able to maintain that, 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 that sense of what the brand is, and I think Volkswagen, for the most part now, has been able to kind of maintain that with Bentley also, of this kind of luxury but performance. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and so I I think they've both done a very good job of kind of keeping, even though both, you know, both Rolls Royce and, um, and, and W. Bentley would roll over in their grave knowing that their marquees were owned by Germans, um, Mm -hmm but I think that they would I think they would be happy with with the overall what the what the vehicles are, especially when they went through such a dark period you know, during the 70s and 80s um, where they were basically just kind of the same car company and they weren't very reliable and so forth. So I don't know. I think that...
0: Um, I I say that's a podcast.
1: I say that's a podcast too. All right. Thank you, sir. Room vroom. vroom.